0: Learn more online at MediaMakingChange.org. I'm Carly Meisberger. Today on our show, we're talking with two guests from Underscore, a nonprofit news organization.
1: Is Phil Bussey. It's the nonprofit Happy Hour on X-Ray FM. I'm joined with two guests today, Jacqueline De La Harpy, who is executive director for Underscore, and Stone Hudson, who is a board member. Welcome to both of you.
2: Thank you for having us.
1: So I think a good place to start, uh, Jacqueline, is with you with the um, origin stories are always a good place to start, whether we're talking a Marvel movie or we're talking about uh, talking about a nonprofit, So Underscore is relatively new, but it's old.
3: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, Underscore started as an investigative reporting team here in Portland, uh, contributing large uh, journalism projects to the group in Seattle called Investigate West. And they were um, the Uh, investigative and editorial reporting group from um, the Seattle PI that they're about 10, 12 years old now. And so we underscore was the um, investigative reporting from Oregon for that group. And then in 2018, uh, the one of the reporters decided that it might be good to be locally managed and funded. And so um, I, she and I both wrote a, planning grant to Meyer Memorial trust. And we began underscore in January, 2019. So we are two in one way and we're about 14 in another way. <laughs> so.
1: And, 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 starting up underscore um, well, a couple of questions. Why, why underscore what, what uh, it's recent enough to re, uh, for you to, to remember those conversations I imagine about how to come up with the, the, the name for the organization.
3: Oh yeah, we that was a really fun process. At first we were going to be called the Fourth Estate and then we were just a name um to be determined. But we got together with some journalists and um people who thought about those kinds of things and really s- sat around and thought about what did we want to convey with underscore information and um, really a lot of why we chose that name was because so many names are already taken. So we chose underscore. And for tax purposes, it's underscore media collaboration. That's how hard it is to find a name. It belongs to you. So it's we underscore.news is how we like to call ourselves.
1: And, and, um, and also just just one last question really about the origin then. So a new board of directors, um, what did you set out with to get with this new Board of Directors? What, what talents or what interests? Uh, who, who, who did you decide to, to tap to be part of the Board of the Directors for Underscore?
3: Mm-hmm. Well, not to uh, underestimate our board, but when you're starting a new uh, nonprofit, You really want someone who just will say, yes, I'm willing to lend a hand or two or three. And so our first board chair was someone who worked in Indian country and Indian law. And he uh, he was an attorney, cared a lot about media, cared about Indian country. And so he was our first board chair. And um, one of the things, because a specialty of underscore is to report on Indian country. We wanted to have a board that reflected um, various opinions and thinking, and uh, we wanted thought leaders on our board who represented Indian country. That is Stone. Um, and so that's what we were looking for initially. We had a, an attorney, someone who worked in community development and uh, finance, and then um, a member of uh, someone who is a program officer at, the, at Meyer Memorial Trust. She has a background in media and interest in indian country as well so that was our our basic um board we then gathered uh, some a couple of journalists and uh, who else we want a diverse board both not only uh demographically but in terms of expertise and skills so that's how we started looking
1: and you know and that that's a great entree to uh introduce and talk to, to Stone Hudson for a little bit. I, I'm gonna do one more question, then Stone we're gonna, we're gonna turn the spotlight on you. Um, Jacqueline, you mentioned a few things, Indian country uh, as well as investigative reporting and that, that along with, with healthcare, uh, those seem to be the three primary uh, 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 sections or interest of underscores reporting, is that correct?
3: pretty much right um our overarching uh way we do our work is to think about in-depth and investigative reporting and that includes indian country so um you know the projects can be really diverse right now we're doing a lot of the focus of our work is primarily around covid and the impact on indian country there's a lot of emphasis in the funding world on justice and funding justice and um uh, so that's why we're reporting on COVID. It's, it is the story of 2020 and 2021, um, unfortunately. So we don't necessarily report on health, but that is what we're reporting on right now.
1: Okay, and I'm gonna get back, we're gonna circle back in a little bit about how you publish these stories because it's, it's you're, you're unique and, and, and perhaps part of the cutting edge of how journalism is, is working. I want to, Stone, you've been patiently waiting and, and um, we've been talking about you at least a little bit. So I want to, Stone Hudson is a board member for Underscore. You are currently in your master's program for social work at Portland State. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. What's the tie into journalism? Yeah.
2: You know, I can't say that I have really a direct tie into the journalism, um, you know, going back to Jacqueline's point about crafting a board with diverse ideas and expertise, uh, really, when we when we gather for a board meeting, I think our number one goal is to is to hear what everyone is bringing to the table. And so for me, you know, my expertise as an enrolled tribal member for the three affiliated tribes of the Fort Burkhold Reservation, um, I have a, a long cultural and familial lineage to indigenous issues. Um, I've worked as an advocate with indigenous youth in Portland. And I've also worked as a uh, representative for Congressman Blumenauer doing uh, issues related to federal tribes here in the state.
1: I want to I, I do a pickup question here. Uh, tell us, tell us, uh, who is the three affiliated tribes, and and just a little bit of uh, the family history that you you talked or you referenced.
2: Yeah, so the three affiliated tribes are uh, the Mandan, Hidatsa, and O'Keefe. They are uh, three clans located in central North Dakota that make up uh, the three affiliated tribes of the Fort Berthold Reservation. Again, located in central North Dakota. Um, I have both both of my mom and my dad's lineages extend to that, uh, that tribe or those tribes collectively and essentially all of my extended family still lives there. Uh, both my parents moved out west in the 80s uh, for economic gain, but my grandparents as well as all of my aunts and uncles and cousins for the most part still reside in North Dakota on a reservation. Um, I visited there every summer as a child and my grandma had a extensive history working for the tribe in both the the bureau of indian affairs as well as the bureau of indian education Um, my father worked for many years for the columbia river intertribal fish commission uh, here in portland and my mother works for the north portland area indian health board so throughout my my family line um i have people who have contributed to uh, indigenous rights and issues and kind of the advocacy work that goes along with that. So um, that's kind of my connection to it and how I've gotten into this work.
1: And and, and that also that, that uh, pushed you or opened a door however you want to think about it uh, to work with uh, Representative Earl Blumenauer. Can you talk a little bit about the work that you did there?
2: Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So I started as a intern at his district office during my junior year of uh, my undergrad at Portland State Um, and as I performed well in that position, I was actually offered a full time position uh, first, initially on his campaign. Again, going back to the run ups to the two thousand eighteen midterms, and then once those were over, I actually transitioned into his district office for nearly two years, working a variety of uh, of a variety of issues related to this to the federal government, but mostly I worked uh, revol- uh, revolving around federal issues. Uh, to Northwest tribes. So a lot of my work existed around establishing relationships with tribal representatives, both within Oregon and Southwest Washington, and even as far as Idaho. I would advocate, or I would serve as mostly a liaison between the Congressman and these representatives and uh, kind of just ingrain myself to establishing that communication. as many people know the relationship between sovereign tribes and the federal government hasn't been so strong historically. So there has been a, a real big push I would say in, in federal offices to strengthen and maintain these relationships. And that really was a bulk of what I did while I worked for the Congressman.
1: You know, and one, one of those important uh, uh, aspects to improve relationships I think is always information. Uh, which, is, which is what Underscore uh, works to do. Um, before we take a music break and you brought in a song selection, can you talk a little bit about, uh, you know, and, 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 and again, recognizing that journalism isn't necessarily how you're entering uh, the conversation with, with Underscore, but talk a little bit about how you have seen uh, publications or the media uh, represent uh, issues and, and happenings in, in in Indian country, as opposed to what you've seen from it, uh, you know, working working at the federal level?
2: Mm-hmm. One of the big drives of Underscore, I would say, is we have indigenous issues and then we have media. And we collectively want to interweave the two. And more importantly than that, we want to make indigenous issues mainstream issues. And I think when you look at reporting or media reporting historically, you see that a lot of it resides in kind of the bureaucratic agencies that form both tribes and the federal government. Uh, It's a lot of two-way communication and it doesn't really encompass the experience of of indigenous people living in indigenous communities. Um, I think when you see reporting on on tribes, a lot of it focuses on tribal councils. And while that is very valuable information, it's similar to say reporting on a foreign country where you only speak to one diplomat, or you only speak to one sort of governing body, you don't get the entirety of the story. And so based on my experiences working in the federal government, I saw a lot of kind of narrow thinking, you know, you see a lot of ideas that kind of get funneled down to to maybe one baseline that doesn't actually serve the population as a whole, where, you know, we at Underscore, even though we're still in our infancy, I think we see kind of our goal, you know, or at least I personally, we see, I see our goal as being something that is driven by, again, circling back to making Indigenous issues that affect people living in these communities a part of the mainstream a part of something that people can see and people can read about and people can intake and understand that it's not you know we don't live in two separate worlds
1: stone hudson is a board member for for underscore uh set up the song that you brought in for us and we'll take a quick music break
2: yeah, the song I chose was a instrumental called Dern Kala by Kieran Ben. They are a psychedelic rock group based out of Houston, Texas. And it's really just, it's really easy listening. I think during the pandemic, I've I've struggled being indoors and hearing a lot of different voices and intaking taking a lot of things without being able to kind of kind of exert any sort of my own thoughts. So allowing myself to listen to more instrumental music has been a big help. And this has turned out to be one of my favorites.
1: the non happy hour on X-Ray FM. I'm Phil Bussey. I'm talking to the executive director, Jacqueline De La, De La Harpy uh, for Underscore and Stone Hudson, who's a board member. Um, and before the the, the the nice instrumental music break, we're talking a bit about how uh, uh, journalism can be an avenue to bring a uh, wider understanding about Indian country to the mainstream. Um, I want to talk a little bit Uh, Jacqueline, about the stories that you choose. Investigative reporting is uh, the hardest journalism to do in many ways because it takes a lot of resources.
3: Well, we do publish investigative reporting. We also uh, do in-depth reporting. There's a slight distinction there in that Um, In-depth is uh, just a longer format, is long-form journalism. And that is something that Underscore has um, as sort of our bedrock, that we like to do that, and we do that in partnership with other media. So say Underscore has a, at the beginning of 2020, we started a, uh, published our first piece on houselessness and a really innovative uh, project, public, private, federal, A uh, tribal project that was uh, housing that was built in Portland. That was a long format story, and the goal with that was to start there, but also produce no- multiple stories for multiple audiences about Indian country that you know that acts as a prism to see one subject in it from many angles. But um, COVID came along, so we pivoted and did something else. But that is how we do our work um, generally. And it, it's shifting. We're going to be doing a project coming up with high country news around Indian country. And, and then another investigative project that is um, a journalist has uh, um, spearheaded. And we're going to be funding her potentially to do that project. That's a national story that she's going to be doing. So it's kind of the funding model is all over the place. But the staffing model is not we have a really small staff and we grow depending on the project. And if we have funding to do a project like the houselessness project that we were focusing on, we would hire several reporters. We would hire the the structural uh, the in, internal structure to support that reporting, like editing or um, just project management, tracking all the reporters and deadlines and, you know, AP style and all the things you do to get a good product out. But also part of that is um, who do we partner with? So. Uh, we partner right now. Our Indian country reporting and COVID is um, shared with the Oregonian. Every time we print something and produce something, the Oregonian uh, also shares it. Um, so it goes across the state, which hits our target, our goal, which is to um, provide in this reporting for mainstream media and to make those voices heard and amplify those voices. And um, and then in addition, we um, partner with Indian Country Today, Indians.com, uh, High Country News. We share all of our uh, reporting with tribal media throughout Oregon. And our funding, our projects right now are Oregon-centric for the most part, if unless we have national funding. But that's kind of how it works. Um in investigative reporting is really expensive and um, it also can you can start out on a path that ends up pretty much nowhere so you can spend money and have zero but um, you can also get funding for something and and produce something that's really valuable for communities and that's the goal
1: Underscore is representative of a new wave of journalism or the business of journalism in that many uh, <laughs> publications and journalists are turning to nonprofit models uh, to receive public funding or foundational support as opposed to ad revenue, which had been the traditional model. Mm-hmm. Um, can you speak a little bit to uh, how, how easy or difficult <laughs> that is to, to find that foundational support or are, I mean, are you are you earnestly finding that there are foundations that are out there that are so excited to support some, journalism be, before it vanishes, or, or no, hopefully not before it vanishes, but have watched it vanish and want to preserve it?
3: Yeah, and Stone, jump in anytime. Uh, I'll tend to I can talk on and on about underscore forever. <laughs> um, I would just say something that's really thrilling about being in a nonprofit media right now that uh, is young and has a new way of doing business is that um, we have an opportunity to really um, contribute to uh, social justice in a way that traditional news outlets don't. And we can. We uh, because we're funded by nonprofits, we don't have to answer to advertisers. Uh, we actually work with the not with uh, foundations that are interested to fund the issues and the values that we want to uh, focus on. It doesn't mean that we're not doing traditional, really strong, clear, principled journalism, but we do have a lens, and so do foundations. And so, we are finding, um, especially in Oregon. Um, uh, simpatico thinking around uh, why fund journalism, both for the idea that it's uh, shrinking, but also for the idea that we need to talk about some of the issues that have become much more prominent over the last few years. And and, um, Underscore is really lucky to be in the position to do that. So we can pivot in one way. Um, We have a fair amount of funding from Uh, Oregon foundations like Meyer Memorial Trust and the Collins Foundation, the Oregon Community Foundation, and then other smaller donor advised funds as well. And then um, at the end of 2019, uh, Underscore was really, really fortunate to be one of the first uh, grantees for a national um, venture philanthropy fund that was created just to support local journalism. So we were I believe we're the smallest organization, but um, and the proudest, of course. Um, but we were funded by them to, with the idea that their goal is not to fund projects, but to fund the infrastructure of a of a nonprofit, which is often what is lacking in nonprofit um, the nonprofit world. I think funders want to fund ideas and projects and you know, that is the most fun part of being in a job like this are all the great ideas that you get to bring to fruition. But what's often lacking is the support for the infrastructure, which is all the things you need to have a really sound and solid organization. So, uh, yeah, so we have uh, funding from the American Journalism Project nationally, and we have a pretty good uh, support locally. And we will probably and we're just getting started on thinking about more national funding now.
1: It is, it's so encouraging to see, you know, I, I think what I can call a counter trend to where journalism and media has been going uh, to have Underscore producing uh, in-depth reporting, uh, telling untold stories and, and focusing on uh, a demographic uh, region, uh, Indian country that has not received mainstream reporting. So it's really nice to, uh, it's such a breath of fresh air uh, Jacqueline De-, De La Harpy is executive director for Underscore. And I, hey, how about you brought us in a song? How about that takes us out for the day?
3: Okay. I can't pronounce it. I think it's Portuguese and I wouldn't even try, but uh, it's like an alto uh, clarinet that I find really uh, great and an instrument that I wanted to play as a kid and never got to. So it's um, it's just soothing and it's so short and cheerful. And like Stone was saying, you know, home all the time and the news is not great. Uh, so this is just a cheerful little piece of music, ephemeral.
1: Stone Hudson is a board member for Underscore and Jacqueline De La Harpy is executive director. You can find them online as well as find their stories in the Oregonian and other places. Thank you so much uh, both for talking with us today. a esta canción que hicimos a, a Tonga de Mironga de Cabulete? ¿Se puede? Sí, yo creo que sí. Es decir, a, porque parece que es una expresión que no quiere decir nada de bueno, ¿no?
0: Sí, yo creo que es una mala palabra, ¿no? Tú
1: conoces la historia, ¿no? Pásame. Parece que en África, cuando un africano dice eso a otro, parece que las tribus entran en guerras terribles, ¿no? and that they eat the higado one to the other. I knew. Yes. And all that you know is that the last word, this word, cabuletado, expression, seems to have something to do with the mother of one.
0: The nonprofit Happy Hour is made possible by Beneficial State Bank, a certified B Corp that holds to what it calls a triple bottom line of social justice, environmental well-being, and economic sustainability. If your organization or business is interested in underwriting our show, please email phil at mediamakingchange.org. The Nonprofit Happy Hour is a production of the Media Institute for Social Change and KXRY Radio, X-Ray FM. Our host is Phil Bussey. Our executive producer and editor is me, Carly Meisberger. Archives of past shows can be found on our SoundCloud page. Questions, comments, or ideas about the show can be sent to info at mediamakingchange.org. Thanks for tuning in.
1: i side.